0: This is Paul Pactor, CEO of Long Island Cares, the Harry Chapin Food Bank, and welcome to Feed the Need, the podcast of Long Island Cares, hosted by yours truly. I'm really excited today to have on our episode, Mike Haynes, who's the Chief Government Affairs Officer for Long Island Cares, and Alex Arso, the Manager of Government Affairs and Veterans Services. Today's topic on Feed the Need is going to be focusing in on the White House Conference on Hunger, Health, and Nutrition. President Joe Biden announced earlier this year that the White House would be hosting this conference to take a look at issues of importance when it comes to people's health, nutrition, and food insecurity. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, all of us saw thousands of cars online during the two years Uh, the first two years, actually, of COVID, and where people were coming from everywhere to get food. So with that in mind, we're going to take a deep dive into this issue. And first and foremost, I want to welcome Michael and Alex to the show. Great studio audience. Thank you so much. Alex, let's start with you. The White House Conference on Hunger... Health and nutrition. How do you feel about that? Looking forward to it? Something that's long in the making? What does it do for you when you hear that?
1: I am looking forward to it. I think it's one of the biggest opportunities we've had in a long time for some serious policy changes. Um, The last time that this happened, um, WIC came out of it, which is the Women, Mm -hmm. Infant, Child um, program that helps feed uh, families. So I think it's... One of the few opportunities we've had in a long time to come up with serious policy solutions to hunger.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing that we all know, certainly at Long Island Cares, is that the last time government took a serious look at food insecurity and hunger was back in 1978 when then-President Jimmy Carter established a presidential commission on hunger at the request of our founder, Harry Chapin. So here we are 50 years later, and it appears as if something's going to happen. Michael, wh- where's your head in all this in terms of this conference? What do, you, what do you think about it? What are you looking to get out of it? Uh, and we'll get into some other questions.
2: Well, it's something we've been advocating for on some level for almost two years now. At first, we were seeking a presidential commission on hunger, like our founder successfully got in the late 70s. Uh, as we kept getting out there and building a coalition, Alex was really out there out in front, getting in, in touch with all sorts of nonprofits, universities, legislators, food bankers, and building a coalition of uh, 200 plus organizations mm-hmm. in support of this presidential commission. On one fateful day, we connected with Jim McGovern and he talked about the ways in which a presidential commission is harder. Mm -hmm. than establishing a White House conference. You know, some parliamentary procedures with Congress and the executive branch and some, you know, budgetary issues. Mm -hmm. But he talked about how he had this legislation out there. It was gaining momentum. We pivoted through our support behind the White House conference. We also got our coalition to throw their support behind the White House conference. And in my estimation, this is the biggest opportunity to end hunger that I've seen since I've been at Long Island Cares and I've had the privilege of working for you and being here since 2009, you know, ultimately our goal, I like work, but our goal should be to put ourselves out of business. And if we are able to develop programs such as WIC, which came out of the first conference Mm -hmm. or to address just, you know, all sorts of reasons and the the root causes of inequity, we can end hunger. We have enough food. Every Mm -hmm. study we show. Every study that comes to us shows that we actually have more than enough food. We just don't get it to everyone who needs it. Right. And there are certain communities that get more than 100 percent of the need. Mm-hmm. And then there are some communities who only get 60 to 70% of the need. And then it begs the question, why is that? You know, and it turns into communication issues, outreach issues, pride and stigma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope that this conference ends hunger. I hope that, you know, we're working for a different nonprofit in two years because we tackled hunger. And now we're on to another cause.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, this is an opportunity for our government and uh, its citizens and certainly our Congress to come to some realization that food insecurity and hunger, which affects, you know, nearly 50 million people, is something that really doesn't need to be. What do you hope, Michael, the conference? uh focuses on and what do you hope one of the takeaways might be and then we'll get into what we've been doing uh in preparation for this historic event well i think the programs
2: exist they just need to be strengthened and they need to be more accessible you know snap is a wonderful program and but it takes too long sometimes for people to actually get the benefit the application Mm -hmm. process is too hard too long the recertification process leads to problems, and people that have mm-hmm. SNAP one month don't have it the next month. You know, we realize, you know, just less than a year ago, we revised the Thrifty Food Plan to mm-hmm. make the uh, benefit level more adequate. So it's just things like that. You know, we just have to take a look at the program and also realize different regions have different costs of living. Sure, that's something that came out of the listening sessions we hosted, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's there were years where if we advocated for a one percent or two percent increase in certain state or federal funding, mm-hmm. we would have got laughed out of the room. But when COVID right. happened, you know, TFAP, the emergency food assistance mm-hmm. program, the you know, a lot of produce going to food banks,
0: right
2: the program more than doubled or tripled. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a three hundred million dollar program and it's over a billion dollars worth of funding. You know, why is it possible then? But now an extra fifty million for it is not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it really comes down to we have to determine what we value and then we have to invest in that. I think I'd like to see a more adequate streamlined process to apply for SNAP. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see, you know, I don't think TFAP needs to be increased at the level it was at COVID's peak, but I think there needs to be a new baseline somewhere between 300 million and a billion dollars. I think I would like to see what food banks across the nation could do with, a TFAP baseline of $450 million.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that may or may not be a realistic goal, but it certainly is something to shoot for. You know, when you talk about the application for SNAP and other government programs, Alex, anytime the government gets involved in trying to solve a human need, it always results in a new bureaucracy being created. And, you know those people in need get extremely frustrated in dealing with the bureaucracy. So I can't imagine, you know, that we as the professional staff in the in the hunger movement wouldn't get uh, frustrated as well. One of the things Michael mentioned, just alluded to briefly, was the listening sessions. And uh, we're working collaboratively with our colleagues at Feeding America and their government affairs uh, office in D.C., Talk about the listening sessions, what they're all about, uh, who's been participating in them, and what would be the end product following uh, these various listening sessions because you've had a role in convening them and in coordinating them.
1: Absolutely. So we started, we did six listening sessions um, as a way to offer a platform for local community members, advocates, and people who've experienced hunger um, to kind of lend their voice to the issue. Um, I think a lot of times when we're dealing with government, it's a lot of people up top talking Mm -hmm. about the people on the bottom and the people on the bottom don't get to lend their voice. So we've kind of been that liaison and we've uplifted those voices so that they're heard and they're part of this conversation. Um, And I think when we're talking about an issue as serious as hunger, having those people with the experience is important. Um, We hosted those six listening sessions and we had some of our own clients, um, some of our member agencies, such as people who run food pantries or soup mm-hmm. kitchens or shelters. Um, and we also had local community advocates join us and lend their opinion on what needs to be done. And there was a lot of talk about, like Michael said, building up the programs we already have exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, as mentioned, there are some fair criticisms to their those programs that make them a little less accessible to people. So one thing we did see in the listening sessions was in almost every single one, people talked about uplifting communities and setting them up for success. Mm -hmm. Um, People feel that there's a lack of education in nutrition and cooking. So there's foods that are accessible to people, but they don't know how to cook them. They're intimidated by them. They don't purchase them. Um, There was also talks about how communities are really good at supporting each other and coming together. So investing in... Projects like local community gardens and mm-hmm. things like that to address food insecurity to supply food banks. They felt were some better ways than handing off those tasks to larger agencies to oversee everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think communities are really good at looking out for each other and make, and staying on top of everything. Um, so that was a really interesting perspective some of our participants had on the issues. The goal of these listening sessions are to send all of these great suggestions into the White House and Feeding America so that they can see what communities want. Um, So we're hoping that those that input uh, sways their decisions in this conference.
0: Michael, you mentioned uh, Jim McGovern, the Democratic congressman from Massachusetts who is highly regarded uh, in Washington as one of the leading voices uh, in the hunger movement. But there, there have been other elected officials in Washington that are supporting the White House conference. And why don't we talk about some of them and what you perhaps see, because we had the opportunity to meet with Jim McGovern in Manhattan many, many months ago during the height of COVID uh, so who else in Washington DC has lend their support to it? And what do you think they're going to be able to bring to the conference other than someone to listen? Well, uh,
2: as you mentioned, Representative McGovern sponsored the bill in the house of representatives, but the exact same bill was also sponsored by Senator Booker, uh, in the Senate. So he's been a champion for this as well. And as we were coalition building, we, Heard from the five members of the Long Island House delegation, and they were all supportive, and they asked how they can help. That's Representative Meeks, who really is a staunch advocate for SNAP. He's participated in the SNAP challenge I don't even know how many times. Mm -hmm. Representative Kathleen Rice reached out multiple times to check on the status of whether or not the conference was going to happen and to lend her support. Uh, Representative Zeldin has really been a champion for the farmers out east. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, He's a supporter there. Representative Garbarino, uh, Alex, and I both sit on his uh, Veterans Advisory Committee, so he's very invested in military hunger, and, and mm-hmm. o- as is the rest of the delegation. And Representative Suwazi, really, uh, his staff is very dynamic, always responds to everything, and you know he's really he's signed on to basically every request we've had for increased TFAP support, mm-hmm. uh, you know, increased TFAP storage and distribution funding. They're all in on this. You know, when it comes to hunger, it's not a it's not a partisan issue. They all get it, they all see hunger and homelessness in their communities and they wanna help. On a more uh, national level, when I think about this conference, we've also heard from Senator Schumer and Senator Gillibrand who've also reached out and lended their support. They really have been monitoring the situation and we're in touch with their office about how to get members of Long Island Cares, especially you, Paul, invited to the upcoming conference.
0: Alex, What do you hope uh, our elected officials will do during this conference and, of course, more importantly, after the conference when recommendations are made? Because, as Michael explained, Representative McGovern is the chair of the House Rules Committee, and it was that committee that was able to draft the legislation, to present to the president— uh, which wound up with 2.3 million dollars being invested in this conference. Uh, what's if there was one one or two things that you would hope would come out of this conference in order to improve the quality of life for people who struggle with food? What would it be? I know it's a tough question. That's a
1: very tough question. Um, well, my hope for all of the congressional uh, leaders that are going to participate Mm -hmm. in this is for them to listen to their communities. I think they've made themselves heard. Um, Now it's going to be about them really advocating for what they've been told. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, we don't always see that. So that's one of my biggest um, hopes for the conference. In terms of what's going to come out of it, I I think it's it's very difficult because it's such a complex issue. And Mm -hmm. There's not one or two solutions. There's a lot. It's a really dynamic issue and it needs a dynamic approach. And I guess that's one thing I want to come out of it. I don't want one solution. I don't want one policy to pass. Mm -hmm. I want them to really take a look at this complex issue and come up with a comprehensive solution for it. So whether that's a lot of smaller policies, whether Mm -hmm. it's one big bill that covers a a lot of different areas, that's what I want to see
0: the people with lived experiences that participated in some of the listening sessions how do you think they felt about that what were they able to what did they bring to the table that might have surprised you in terms of how they cope with food insecurity and what they hope government might be able to do to improve the situation
1: well i wouldn't say it surprised me but i <laughs> I could sense a lot of frustration. Um, I could sense a lot of distrust. And I think a lot of the people who had experienced food insecurity, they really, they just want to feel like they're being heard. And Mm -hmm. currently they don't feel that way. So I do think that this was a good opportunity for them to feel a little bit more heard, um, knowing that we're taking what they're saying seriously, that it's being submitted and that we're going to advocate for Mm -hmm. their input. Um, I think that really helped make them feel a little bit more empowered in the issue and feel like they had a little bit more control because when you're hungry, you don't feel like you have sure. a lot of control in your life.
0: And the whole uh, concept of being able to empower people, whether they're dealing with food insecurity or dealing with mental health issues or dealing with major health issues, uh, that's critical. Michael, where where's your thought process going right now because— Feeding America has been quite involved in, the, in this process through their peak committee, their government affairs team. And do you share concerns, as some others do, that by hosting a conference that's going to focus on health, food, and nutrition, that the issue of hunger might get lost in the dialogue, that not enough attention is being paid to the issue of hunger and food insecurity?
2: No, I actually, uh, I like that approach because hunger is interconnected to issues of income inequality, mm-hmm. social justice. And, you know, with that, you have to tackle other concerns. You have to tackle, you know, inequities in education, uh, lack of access to health care, lack of access to child care. You know, it's uh, I like that approach. And, mm-hmm. you know, when it, you also have to think about what hunger leads to hunger leads to so many different dietary Um, you know, in poor health conditions. So I like that, you know, I want to go into this conference with a clean slate and be informed by the listening sessions which occurred throughout the nation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go in there and just say, let's bolster two or three existing federal nutrition programs and that'll solve hunger. If we really want to get to the bottom of the issues which caused hunger in the first place, we need to really analyze everything from a 360 degree angle And we need to teach the right things in our schools. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that food, which we're growing and producing, gets to people. You know, it's uh, sad how much food our farmers that they're willing to donate, Mm -hmm. they can't even get it to food banks. They can't even get it to food pantries and soup kitchens, and then it just gets cold into the ground. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of ways in which this conference can not just revolutionize how we fight hunger, but it can Mm -hmm. revolutionize our way of life going forward.
0: That would be, uh, I guess, the ultimate outcome. Can I just add something yeah, to that? Yeah, sure, Alex.
1: I think one thing we're talking about, too, when we're looking at hunger is that hunger is not just food insecurity. It's also nutrition insecurity. Mm-hmm. And that leads to certain health outcomes. And we hear constantly that food is medicine mm-hmm. and health care costs are really high. So mm-hmm. having a healthy diet is going to lower your health care costs. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's going to address some financial issues that people are facing. So I think it is important to integrate health into it because the solution is not sending people more processed foods. It's Mm -hmm. sending people more nutritious options.
0: It it clearly is going to be a challenging task. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing the agenda, to seeing who's going to be participating Uh, I would imagine that very similar to the uh, Presidential Commission on Hunger 40-some-odd years ago, there will be some type of proceedings published so that people can review them, and perhaps uh, the states, the counties, other local municipalities will have a roadmap to addressing the issue of food insecurity in their local communities as well. I could probably sit here and, you know, ask another dozen questions, but unfortunately uh, we are running out of time. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being here. Alex, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Sure. Thank you, Paul. You've been listening to the Feed the Need podcast brought to you by Long Island Cares. Uh, It's a weekly podcast. Every Monday we will be uploading a new episode uh, to our channel, and I hope that uh, all of you will continue to tune in. If you have any questions, you can follow up by contacting any one of us at Long Island Cares, and uh, hopefully we'll hear more. So once again, I want to thank Michael Haynes, the Chief Government Affairs Officer at Long Island Cares, and Alex Arso. Our uh, manager for government affairs and veteran services. What a pleasure to have you both here today with me. And we'll see you all next time right here on Feed the Need.